Okay, testing, testing. See how our mics work. Talk. Don't Mine's not working. How didn't my blowing come <laughs> up but then me talking? Hi guys, I'm Marie. I swallowed into the microphone and oh you said I'm gonna murder you. We haven't even started yet, and I'm already gonna murder you. I'm sorry. Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here recording Lost in the Woods. Welcome back. Like we'd be recording anything else. Hey, sometimes we record bunker talks. Sometimes we record interviews. Sometimes we record other things. My favorite is when you come on and we're recording something and you say we're recording something else. I do. I actually do that a lot, you guys. I'll be like, and this is bunker talk. And Maddie's like, nope, it's wrong. (laughs) We're recording an entire different episode. So Maddie just brought me a Red Bull. We are in the bunker. It's cold. But we have warm banana chocolate chip muffins that just came out of the oven that we're going to go eat in a few minutes. So it's fine. I ate a banana for breakfast and I'm going to have banana chocolate chip muffins. You know, when you were unpeeling that banana, I was like, what is she doing? There's literally banana chocolate chip muffins right there. I haven't eaten anything. I haven't eaten anything. Side note. Side note. It's 2.30 p.m. I ate breakfast... A long, long time ago. Breakfast was a banana a couple (laughs) minutes ago. Okay. Today, we are bringing you the story of Terrence Woods. And this is a crazy, crazy story. On October 5, 2018, 27-year-old Terrence Woods was working on filming a reality TV show at Penman Mine in Idaho. Everyone was packing up for the evening when he suddenly jumped down a cliff and ran into the forest and was never seen again. So, obviously, weird. Weird. Already. Ran into the woods. Just ran this into the woods. This is crazy. Oh. Oh. Whoa, it's not oh. me for once. It, oh, wait. Look at my message. God damn it. <laughs> it is me. So that was my watch beeping, and it was telling me that Maddie's phone, it was my Life 360 telling me that Maddie's phone is at less than 9% and telling her to charge it. So she's like, it wasn't my phone. And then she's like, oh, shit, it was about me, though. It was me, though. Okay. So crazy, crazy story. We really didn't even know where to start with this story. So we're going to kind of start at the beginning and what led up to this crazy incident that we can't quite. It's crazy. You're just going to have to listen. Weird. That's almost like that's what they're here for. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) So Terrence Woods was 27. He grew up in Capitol Heights, Maryland, with his parents and three siblings. After graduating from the University of Maryland, he moved to England and attended the American International University in London. He was a young and upcoming TV producer. He was known to be reliable, intelligent, kind, and loving. He worked on The Voice UK. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And BBC One's Saving African Elephants, Hugh in the Ivory War. Which is a really long title, but it's a documentary, basically. Okay, cool. And he got to travel all over the world for work. That's fucking cool. That's really, really cool. Terrence worked as a researcher at Raw in London, and contacts from this job landed him working on a Discovery TV series. Yeah, and this was a TV series about abandoned gold mines. 
but it's actually a spinoff of the TV show Gold Rush. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. No, I've never seen it either, but... But it's very, very popular. So it's basically a spinoff of that. And this series would premiere on the Disney Channel. So basically from what I can... On Disney? Discovery, sorry. Disney Channel? I was like... (laughs) I had to think about it for a second. I was. We were... Kids? We were just watching Frozen 2. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. Discovery Channel, not Disney. This series would premiere on the Discovery Channel. And from what I could tell from reading about this show, Goldmine, they would go into different gold mines and check out, like collect rocks and check them out and kind of pick one to go and actually try to get gold from it. So on this particular job, they were starting in Montana and then they were going to be ending up in Idaho which is where they would be filming for the Penman Mine. The Penman Mine is part of the Nez Pierce National Forest, which is 4 million acres and is located in central Idaho. It became a park in 1908. It includes breathtaking scenery, wilderness, wildlife, fisheries, timber harvest, livestock grazing, mining, pristine water quality, and a wide array of recreation. Also including lots of wildlife. Mm-hmm. So there's timber wolf, raccoon, moose, black bear, coyote, cougar, elk, fox, mountain goat, mule deer, white-tailed deer. Basically everything that you would think would be in a forest. Which actually really funny is that when we went hiking in Europe, people thought it was absolutely insane that we have, like, bears and cougars like predators mountain lions yeah. like things that will eat us while we hike over they here they think it's crazy that we would go hiking where there are things that could eat us yeah okay penman mine is located in the oro grande area which is part of the larger nez pierce national forest and it's at about 6299 feet of elevation that's not terribly high 6,000 feet? I mean... Elk City will be the base for the production team. Which is a very small town. And as of 2010, there were 202 residents. So, pretty small. And it's about a 50-minute drive to Penman Mine from Elk City. So, probably the closest base that they could get. On October 30th, 2018, Terrence's dad dropped him off at the airport where he would fly out to Montana. And this is where they would start filming. He was in contact with his friends and family and seemed to be in good spirits. Yep. And then on October 4, which is Thursday at 10.58 p.m., Terrence texts his dad saying that he made it to the hotel in Idaho. Then on October 5th at 12.58 a.m., Terrence sends his dad a video with no text, no context, Yeah, and this was a video of, like, just, like, a river kind of going through a rocky canyon. So kind of strange. And then at 3 a.m., he actually calls his dad to let him know that he made it to the hotel. Which is weird because he already told his dad this. In a text message earlier. Just a little strange. And at 3 a.m. Yeah, so his dad tells him, we'll talk later. But I think this is really strange that he calls his dad at 3 a.m. After previously informing his dad at 10.58 the night before that he made it to the hotel. Yeah. 
Super strange. Maybe he forgot that he texted his dad? No idea. It's at 3 a.m. Who knows? And then a couple hours later at 5.44 a.m., Terrence texted his dad saying that he was going to come home early on Wednesday the 10th. Which, this is cutting his trip short by several weeks. Right, and he wasn't actually supposed to be home until the second week of November. And this was something that Terrence had never done before. He had actually told Raw, the company, in an email that his mother had health issues, which was true, but his mom, Valerie, said that she wasn't that worried about it, but said that her son had planned to come home for her doctor appointment on the 11th. So then at 3 p.m., his dad responds to Terrence, That's excellent. Make sure you bring me a shot glass from everywhere. Be safe. I love you. I'm very proud of you. That's the end of the text. Yeah, and Terrence always brought shot glasses home for his dad on all of his travels, so this would have been like a pretty normal response. But by 3 p.m., the crew was already out filming, and they were in an area that did not have cell phone reception, so his dad doesn't know if he ever got this message. I would guess no, though. As would I. The crew spent the day filming around the mountainside, and as they were wrapping up for the day, for some unknown reason, Terrence dropped his things, screamed, and ran down the side of a steep cliff and disappeared into the forest. One of the crew members who was in a vehicle looked in the direction where Terrence had been standing and said that he saw only his radio sitting in the dirt at the top of the cliff, and he ran over, fearing that Terrence had fallen off of the cliff. When he got to the edge, he saw that Terrence was running like a hare, according to him, and said that he had never seen anyone run that fast. He yelled for the other crew members and then took off down the cliff after Terrence, yelling for him to stop. So he's running like a rabbit. Mm-hmm. That's a hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting description. I know. After a little ways, he stopped running after him, thinking that it might frighten him further, and he headed back up to see if the crew knew anything about what was going on. And this crew member was actually an experienced search and rescue guy, so by all accounts, he knew his shit. Yeah. Some crew members took off in the truck to the road to see if they could find him there, but found no sign of him. They then went to the nearest house and called police to report him missing. Because remember, they don't have cell phone reception out here. And also, this is later in the day, so it's going to be getting dark soon. Terrence had actually been talking to a woman who was on site just before he took off, and he had told her that he needed to go relieve himself. She said that he went over to one of the vehicles, got something out before walking over to the edge of the cliff. There's also little um, discrepancies. Yeah, there's a little bit of discrepancy on whether or not he screamed before running down the hill. But it sounds like as soon as he started running down the hill, everybody else started screaming. So that could account for why somebody thought he screamed or why it drew attention immediately if he did. But either way, where are you going? Why are you running in a cliff? Why? And this is a pretty steep cliff. Uh, I think... I I read it was about like a 70 degree angle. Weird. So very strange that he's running down this cliff. So then at 641, call logs from the Idaho County Sheriff says advise that a male, 
Terence Wood, 27, from London, works for a TV company who is creating a movie in the area of Penman Mine. Never been in the woods, no guns. Terence has been having a really hard time emotionally and had had a mental breakdown earlier today. Advised that he was with the crew and just took off, he ran down a steep embankment and headed towards the creek and ran off into the wilderness. The crew chased after him for about 80 yards, yelling for him to come back before they stopped to return to the mine. Dark complexion, light clothes, Terrence is not going to respond back to responder according to reporter. Terrence does not have communication. There are people searching for him. Right. Okay. So I have a couple things about this call that I find very strange. One, an emotionally hard time and mental breakdown earlier in the day. Now, these two things have been somewhat not retracted, but it has been said that they were slightly exaggerated maybe. And the person who made the 911 call was not actually present when Terrence took off. But I do believe he was a member of the crew. The reporting party, from what I can gather, was reporting what others had said. But super, super weird. Yeah. I don't like it, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, and right away, this 911 call is making it sound like he is very mentally unstable, mm-hmm. which is something that we have not heard At of all. as Terrence having an issue. So very strange. On October 6th, the next morning, an extensive seven-day search ensued with multiple counties and ATVs. They also had infrared and searchers on horseback. There was also some fresh snow in the area where they found no tracks or clues that he may have gone through there. And by midweek, torrential rain hampered search efforts. So not the greatest weather. No. That morning, the next day, the production crew called Terrence's parents and told them that he was missing. And I think part of that was that nobody on the crew had his parents' information. They had to contact home base who got them the number so that they could call the parents. The production company and employees assisted in the search and also flew his parents from Maryland to Idaho. One strange thing that his parents did say about their interaction with Ra, and this was in a Fox 5 news interview, they said that they were told by Guy, who is the the guy who took off down the hill after him, he's one of the the crew, is that Terrence was a disappointment and did not live up to his expectations, saying that he came very highly recommended, but he was not performing at the level they expected him to perform. Now, why are you saying that to... First off, what the fuck? Exactly. However, he claims that he did not say this to the family, but rather remembered saying that Terrence seemed very distracted and might have been struggling with a lot of tasks over the last few days. And he says it was more to determine if this was out of character for Terrence. Like he was asking them, this is what I've been seeing. Is this normal for him? Because he felt like maybe Terrence was having a rough time or something. Okay. So I think it's very, obviously we have two different, accounts of what this phone conversation looked like. We don't know which one is real, which mm-hmm. one actually happened. Yeah. So we have that. And either way, it does sound like this behavior would have been very out of character for Terrence. Yeah. 
He did come very highly recommended. He had won awards for his work on other shows. Like he seemed to be a very hard worker. And his family said that he had never shown any signs of mental illness, anxiety, or even panic attacks. So whatever is going on is very out of character. So meanwhile, searchers are out on foot with dogs. Helicopters are in the air searching. The terrain is pretty rough in this area. There's a lot of mine shafts. Also, Terrence was not dressed for being out in the woods overnight. He had been out in rough terrain before, though, but there was no indication that he had any actual survival skills. He also left behind his backpack, and in his backpack, he had cameras, batteries, sharpies, painkillers, cough drops, lotion, chargers, a three-inch folding knife, and a stun gun. And it's funny because I saw a lot of reports about how he was, like, super prepared. (laughs) But for October in the wilderness, this would not be the gear that you would want to have to save your life. Yeah, but he's just prepared for the filming of the show. Right, exactly. So I see in a lot of places that he was, like, prepared but left his bag behind. I would not say he was prepared for going into the wilderness in any way, shape, or form. Well, I don't think that was his intention. Obviously, right? Yeah. So his scent was followed to the road before it was lost. They checked all nearby houses to see if he had turned up to them looking for help. Right, and they found nothing, which... We see this a lot where scent dogs will follow a scent to a road and then it disappears. And I think a lot of times when that happens, people think that that person got into a vehicle or made it to the road, right? I would say we have probably run into this at least three times on cases where the scent has been lost at a road. But also the scent can be lost just because there's so many more smells at the road that it overwhelms the dog. Not necessarily because the person got into a vehicle and disappeared at that point. So his parents arrived three days after their son went missing. They retraced his steps to a local restaurant called Oscar's, where Terrence had given his number to a girl while at dinner with the crew. And this was the night before, but they were unable to track this girl down. So I think that this is really only important because some people have suggested Maybe Terrence was never there with the crew. Maybe there's some sort of cover-up or something like that. Maybe he was never even in Idaho. Maybe somebody else was using his phone to message his family. But locals say that he was at dinner with them the night before. Okay. But yet his parents are unable to track down the girl that was there. Which we see crap like that happen again and again. I know. Where for some reason they can't track down a specific individual that is known to be in contact with this person. Remember the Theo Hayes where he was talking or dancing with the one girl and they could never find her? Yeah, they just never found her. And then, oh, what was the other case that that happened? I don't know. We have run into multiple cases where, where they can't like find that a one specific person, yeah. but that person never comes forward. They never right or like the men in the trailer, the two the the Frenchmen oh, yeah. with the boat and the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never found. Well, and we have our Patreon case that comes out this month. It has the same thing, which you'll see or hear, where there's a man who walks into a store and you can see him pretty well in the film, in the video. He's wearing a very distinctive green shirt. He's interacting with the staff. He is thought to maybe have something to do with a missing person and they have never been able to track him down. Which is crazy. It's crazy. I know. 
But, you know, it happens. It does. So I don't find this very unusual that they couldn't find the girl. Same. Although this is a really small town. But it could just be that the crew didn't know her name. And then she never got specifically asked. So maybe she wasn't from the town. That could be too. That's kind of out in the middle of nowhere though. His family is skeptical about the witness accounts. They are skeptical about a lot of things. I will tell you that now. Like their son ran so fast down the hill that nobody could catch him. Like, okay, so running down the hill fast. I think that he obviously ran down the hill before anybody saw him. Like, it caught everyone off guard. Like, you don't expect someone to just go running down a 75-degree angle hill. And it's dangerous. So I think people following him maybe aren't going to be running, you know, like ass over heels or whatever you call it to try to catch up to him because they don't know what's going on. They're confused. And the guy did run after him. He just couldn't catch up to him and then couldn't. Yeah. They do think that their son maybe saw something and wanted to leave and that maybe foul play is involved. Could be a possibility. Also, what are you seeing in a gold mining documentary, documentary that's going to get you killed? Well, so I think, and we'll, well, we'll go into this more in theory, but I think the idea is that maybe some sort of accident happened and they didn't want to claim responsibility for it. They didn't want to get sued for it. They didn't want it to come back on them. But we're going to talk about that in theory, so... When police went into Terrence's room, it was already unlocked because the crew had gone in there to get an article of clothing for the dogs to search. Okay. Makes sense. That makes sense. Especially because he may have left his backpack behind, but there were no clothing in the backpack. Yeah, you really want something that's like good scent. So like I said, the parents are skeptical of the witnesses. So the woman that Terrence had been talking to was a local woman named Cherie. She was there strictly for transportation and has no connection to the crew. So the police actually seem to think that she's a credible witness. In an interview, she said that the day seemed great and everyone was really great and having a good time. She said that Terrence did seem a little distracted throughout the day. Which that's the second person that said he seems distracted. She said that Simon, so Simon Gee is the one that Chased after him. He's the one that talks to the parents. Gotcha. Yee. Simon. Yee. Yep. She said that Simon would ask him to do a task and he seemed confused and couldn't find the bag that was right in front of him. And then had the same issue with a sweater that he was asked to retrieve and he was literally looking at it and she said he couldn't find it. So it sounds like something, if she's to be believed, was going on with him. Something was off. Yeah, she said at no point was he bullied or treated badly and talked about at one point how he had tried to grab a drone out of the air and everyone was like, don't do that. You could get hurt. And that they seem more concerned with his safety than the expensive drone. Also, why is he trying to grab a drone out of the air? So super weird. I don't even know. She also reported that he had been kind of quiet. Okay, So maybe he had like some kind of mental break. What's kind of strange about this, so he is newer to the crew. He's an added person to this crew that has already been working together. So I could see how the parents are thinking, because this was in response to her being asked about how he was treated because the parents seem sort of convinced that he was mistreated while on this trip, and that's why he was coming home early. It is said that he did have his phone on him when he ran into the woods, but probably no reception. So I couldn't find anywhere that the police actually tracked his phone. And here's the thing. 
In order to track his phone, the police would have to get a subpoena. And in order to do that, they would have to prove that there was a crime or that Terrence was in danger. Right? And not him being out in the woods by himself isn't enough of a danger? Remember our Theo Hayes case. They were never able to get the information from his phone. Yeah, you're right. They had to have someone hack it. Right. Remember, everybody, please... Tell somebody your passwords. Somebody should know the password to your phone because we ran into this with the girls, um, the girls in Panama. Divide. Yep, the Panama case where one of the girls were pretty sure died, and the other one could not get into her phone because she didn't have the password, but tried over and over and over again to guess it. I think everybody in my life knows my phone password, and everybody should. Everybody knows mine. The only reason I even have it, I, I don't even, even know why I have it I can't it even locked. remember your phone mm-hmm. password ever, though. <laughs> I'm surprised the face ID doesn't let you open my phone. But it's very, it's one of those things. Like Theo Hayes, so his mother had to hire a hacker to get into his Google account who was unable to do it. And his cousin actually, so he found like an old email password and he used, that was the same email on his Google account. And he used that email to reset his Google password so that he could log into it. Now, they have never still to this day gotten access to his WhatsApp app, which he was messaging with the night that he disappeared. So don't think that just because you go missing, the cops are going to pull up your cell phone pings and location. Because they're not. Because in most cases, they're not going to. Because it's against confidentiality rules. And all of the social medias, all of the phone places take that really serious for some reason. By all accounts, from the police perspective, Terrence intentionally ran into the woods. He intentionally left the group and went into the woods and maybe got into a car once he got to the road. So it's, I feel like they should have a good case for being able to get his information to get a subpoena because they could say whether he intended to go into the woods or not, he is now in danger because he has not come back out. Yeah, but they couldn't get it for the Hayes. I know. It's crazy. So please give somebody your effing password. For the love of God, give somebody your password. Let somebody know. And not just like your phone password, like your Google account, your put it in an social media in your bedroom. Like, put it somewhere random. A so that when you do go missing and they go through all of your family members, go through all of your shit, they look through everything, they find this envelope. They're like, oh, what the fuck is this? They open it and they're like, oh my God, it's the passwords we okay, can track. Okay, don't do that because they're never going to find it, especially if your room looks like Maddie's. No, just put it in a random drawer <laughs> Not hide it. Just give it to somebody you trust and just have it be sealed and it's fine. And If you trust that person, it shouldn't matter if they can get into your accounts anyway. Do not, however, give it to your significant other. That is a bad idea. That is a way for them to murder you. (laughs) And then get into all your shit and send everybody text messages and emails. So I'm not saying that you should not trust your significant other. But we have done enough. I am. We have done enough episodes on this show that should make you leery of forever trusting your significant other. So maybe I am telling you not to trust them. So maybe a sister that you trust or maybe like a friend that you trust or something like that. Or trust no one and hide it in your room like I said. Or just trust no one and die in the woods. How about that, Maddie? If anyone's going to die in the woods, it's going to be you and it's going to be really embarrassing <laughs> for our podcast because you go hiking by yourself. 
So then it's going to be extremely embarrassing for us when you die. And then the podcast ends because I'm not going to be able to do it. I actually want to go for a solo hike on Monday. God. Okay. Damn it. Another thing. I'm going to have a stroke. Aneurysm. (laughs) An aneurysm. Everybody needs to stop going hiking by themselves. Uh, Another thing from the family. Terrence had been on site for four days working. But when his dad unpacked his suitcase, he was surprised to find that his clothes were all clean and everything was neatly folded. He found this very suspicious. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second, right? So by all accounts, Terrence was a very neat and organized person. But say he didn't clean his clothes. Say he had dirty clothes in the hotel room. Is it possible that the production crew or somebody cleaned his clothes before packing them and sending them back to his family? Or could Terrence have recently done laundry? So basically... Yeah, I'd say most hotels you can do laundry at. Like, they have laundry places. Inside the suitcase when his dad unpacked it was a Ziploc, like a gallon-sized Ziploc bag. And it had a pair of, like, slightly muddy shoes in it. And I don't think that Terrence would have done that. I think Terrence would have probably cleaned them off before packing them. So here's my theory is that maybe Terrence did laundry, had it out, didn't put it away, and someone else packed his suitcase for him to send back. But that is one of the things that makes his family suspicious. So we're not hearing from the production company right now. Nobody is. They are not talking to reporters. They're not talking to the family. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because there is a reason for that. But we don't have all sides of the story at this point. And the only reason we know so much about the day that he took off is from the witness, the local that was there, Cherie, who has talked to media and has talked to family and other people. So, okay. So like I said, there were the muddy shoes in the bag, but none of his clothes had mud on them. Again, I'm not sure that that is a red flag for me because I feel like- What pants was he wearing? They all looked like kind of like slack-like pants. And his shoes were not like what you should be wearing into the woods, but that's what he had. But I don't know what he was wearing when he took off. I know. I think everyone needs a pair of work boots to hike and go in the woods with. Not everybody goes into the woods though, Maddie. And then also remember, he had just made plans the night before and told his dad that he was planning on quitting early or that day. So maybe he had already packed his stuff and was planning on peacing out like that night. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he said he was coming home on the 10th. This is, he disappeared on what, the 5th? Yeah. Could he have done that himself? I mean, we don't know. One witness did say that his curtains were taped shut in his hotel room. Explanation for this, sometimes, you know, when you're in a hotel or whatever, your curtains don't shut all the way. You get that little sliver, that little crack. I hate that that crack, Maybe that annoyed the shit out of him and maybe he had just taped it. Yeah, so we don't know if he did this or what, but... I could say sometimes I wish I had tape for hotel curtains. The Woods family did hire two private investigators, but no evidence was found. One thing they also, it sounds like they had trouble getting information about his bank account and about his rental car, but it doesn't sound like he had his own rental car. But according to the police in this town, the company did leave a rental car behind when they left. And the sheriff did not seem to think that this was strange. He said... People like that tend to not take care of all their stuff. So the sheriff didn't think it was strange. Maybe they left it behind in case Terrence showed up. 
I mean, we really don't know why they left the rental car behind. Maybe he had the keys. I don't know. But either way, the sheriff is like, that's a civil matter. That's the company and rental car's problem, not ours. So it doesn't sound like they ever like searched the rental car or checked it or that it specifically belonged to Terrence. So I don't know. Another weird like loose end. So law enforcement has refused at this point to continue communication with the family. And this was after the family claimed that race and corruption was the reason the police were not solving the case. I mean, what else could they do in this case? They did searches. Well, they did a long search. They did. They searched for like seven days and were unable to find any. And at some point, it becomes dangerous to continue searching. Yeah. Well, it's October. Yep. Snow starts coming down. Yeah. Also, they're not going to have the same resources in this tiny town. No. To really launch a in massive seven search. days search. That's a pretty long search. That is pretty long. It's awful. His parents actually say that his room has remained untouched since the day he left even down to a penny that is on his floor. I wouldn't be able to do it. Touch Like, I wouldn't be able to touch anybody. I nope, I would have done the same thing. One weird thing that did happen, too, four months after he went missing, he left a group message that he was a part of with his friends on the WhatsApp app. So someone was on his account. Or his account was deactivated or his phone was deactivated. Would that... Think, no. His phone being deactivated wouldn't have shut off his WhatsApp app because that's completely separate from the phone. I'm pretty sure my kick account still exists somewhere in the world. Yeah, so if somebody from WhatsApp knows how that works, like if you leave a group, like one of the group members, they actually got a text message, probably the one that started the group, saying Terrence has left the group. And this was four months after he went missing. So not sure what could have caused that, Mm -hmm. but I'd be very curious to know. Yeah. And could somebody have his information? Could somebody have been logging on? I mean, so either his phone got deactivated, something happened, or somebody logged onto it. But he's had no other activity on his phone or social medias or anything. So I'm not really sure about that. So if somebody could let us know if they know how the WhatsApp App works because I've used it only one time when we were in Europe when to text that guy. That yeah, one. so we took the, a picture of this guy. He was like up on this like cliff ridge. edge bridge. Yeah, it was super cool. It was a really cool picture, and we actually worked really hard that day to, to catch up with it. He was fast. It took us miles and miles. To it catch did up take with us this guy. miles to catch up with him. But when we did, I showed him the picture, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, can you send that to me?" And I was like. Yeah, but we don't... He didn't have an iPhone, so we couldn't, like... Airdrop it. Airdrop it, it, which is what we did a lot when... Because my mom really likes to take photos, and somehow she always gets really cool photos of random-ass people. And if we can catch (laughs) up with them, my mom will airdrop them photos because if, you know, can't text it to them. Right. So my mom actually... And I don't like people having my number, so if I have to send them a text message... Which we actually did do that, like, a couple times where my mom gave her phone number to someone so that once they got... No, they gave me their phone number, and then I sent them... Oh, the photo? Which then gives them my phone number. <laughs> it's fine. If anyone even knows your name, they can find your phone number. Easy know, peasy. True. Okay. Theories. So we have our theories, and then we also have our slightly more paranormal theories. Which I love. Which Maddie loves. First, we're going to go into our regular boring vanilla theories. Animal attack. 
So you always have to consider an animal attack in situations like this. In any lost in the woods where there are predators, predatory animals in that area, I feel like yeah. animal attack can never be 100% ruled out. Right. Although I do find this one very unlikely. Some have suggested that maybe he was running from an animal when he took off. But no other crew member saw an animal. Nobody else saw an animal. If he had been gotten by an animal once he was in there, that, that? could be possible. However, the husband, I think, of the woman that was transporting that was there, or somebody who lives nearby, maybe it was the house that they called 911 from, he said that for months he would go out and he would look for vultures to see if they were, like, looking for mm -hmm. anything or if they were attracted to anything, and he said that he never saw anything, which makes him think that Terrence isn't in the woods. But still a possibility. Could he have been attacked by an animal once he was in the woods and this is what caused him to not return from the woods? Possibly. Possibly. I still find this kind of unlikely. I don't think animal attack was the reason he ran into the woods. No. But not saying that I can rule out that that's why he's never come out of the woods. Exactly. Okay. Accident cover up. So this would be something happened while they were filming. Maybe somebody... Maybe he fell down a mine shaft. Maybe he went into a mine that he shouldn't have gone into. Maybe something happened, and maybe the company has decided to cover it up. Maybe, but I feel like why wouldn't they just say he fell? Right. Well, and one of the problems with this, too, is there's this is a lot of people. So I think the crew was made up of about 12 people. And there were local witnesses there as well that had nothing to do with this production company. See, I feel like if it was just the crew, just the crew, right? no locals yeah. possibly, but the fact that there are locals that mm -hmm. saw this. So that's where I have a problem with that. And also I feel like if it was an accident or a cover-up, they wouldn't have said anything until days later, like when it was like... Well, that that's the theory though, that he had been gone for a while, dead for a while. Though. Yeah. But they couldn't find the woman that he had given his number to. But locals said they saw him there. Well, right, but locals don't know any of them. It could have been sure. anybody. I don't know. We don't know. So foul play theory, this is also... the. I had the same issue with this one that I had with the accident cover-up, right? Could he have been murdered by the crew? Could he have seen something he wasn't supposed to see? I don't know what he would have seen. I don't know. But that's kind of one of the theories. I just... Also really hard to keep your story straight through a lot of people... The only discrepancy between their accounts is whether or not he screamed. Yeah, and I don't even know who that discrepancy came from, so I don't really know. But could this be foul play from something not related to the production company? Like somebody was after him or he was trying to get away from somebody. Maybe he took this moment to like run from them. I mean, I don't know why he would do that. I don't know. Drugs. Could he have been on drugs? So um, maybe there was mention of drugs in his journal. In his journal. Yeah. So at one point when the police were done with it, they gave the journal back to the family because they didn't really see anything valuable in it. But he did mention in his journal that he was like tired of the drugs, like tired of the scene basically in London. He rambled a lot about a great reset, whatever that is. So by all accounts, it sounded like he had something going on. We just don't know specifically what? if the drugs he mentioned are drugs he was taking or drugs that Other were just were around him, right? Yeah. Suicide is, of course, something that comes up 
all the time in this case. Could he have been suicidal? And that's why he took off down the cliff. But I've got to say, if that were the case, there are better ways to kill yourself than dying a slow death in the woods. Yeah. So I don't, and and why would he choose this time to do it? I mean, I don't really know. Altitude sickness is another thing that some people think maybe, like, could that have affected him? Usually it only occurs above 8,000 feet. And remember, we are only in the 6,000 range for this area. But some people can be more sensitive to altitude sickness. And it can include symptoms like headaches, vomiting, tiredness, confusion, trouble sleeping, like curtains taped shut, dizziness. Um, So maybe it was altitude sickness and it just like got to him and he just snapped. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's it's something to think about and something to consider. He did seem to be confused and mm-hmm. not quite acting like himself that so day. So maybe, maybe he's just know. really sensitive to altitude. Who knows? Um, my favorite theory is probably the, or another theory would be <laughs> snapped, would be snapped or a psychotic break. Which, I mean, I think that if the, what's the one guy that ran away in the airport? Uh, Lars, Lars Matank. So that was one of our cases where he literally like bolted from an airport and has never been seen since. And we actually think that he maybe had like some paranoid schizophrenia going on or something. Which, I mean, Terrence is a little old for schizophrenia to be setting in, especially since he had no other symptoms of it from his parents. But, I mean, maybe the altitude sickness triggered something. Maybe. Or maybe maybe he was slipped something. Maybe he had taken drugs or something that caused him to, like, completely lose it. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that this is the psychotic break snapped i think that that's what happened to him whether or not how that how he came to that right well and in his journal he wrote a lot about like i said the great reset about being tired of london and in the film industry from what i've heard because obviously i'm not in the film industry is that you can literally run yourself ragged and people doing drugs or doing things to keep themselves going in this fast-paced competitive industry does happen sometimes. So for me, when you take the journal entries, when you take him being tired, him wanting to go home, and then you combine that with like the phone call to his dad and the messages to his dad, which I think are kind of strange. Which Lars did also have weird things that he did like that. Right. Well, and if you remember correctly, or if I remember correctly, didn't Lars call his mom crying uh, in about, the middle of the night? Yeah, about how he was scared of the people. Somebody was Someone gonna... was coming for him. Yeah. So Lars was about the same age. But he was still a little too old for schizophrenia. I'm pretty sure in guys, it usually comes late teens, early 20s is when schizophrenia and usually And for women, it's in. later, yeah. And then for women, it's a bit later. It's like late 20s where schizophrenia 30s, usually sits yeah. in. It's very strange I mean, obviously, we don't know. We can't ask him. But to me, this really reminds me of the Lars case. It really gives me the same type of vibe, the same type of psychotic break. Same. I think that maybe something different triggered Terrence's than Lars. Right. Well, because didn't Lars get hit in the side of the head? Hit in the side of the head. Right, which nobody saw happen. But 
he was having like inner ear like weird like Which issues. Also, I don't know if anybody else has inner ear issues because I know that I do, and it, that like, shit it drives you absolutely nuts. Like the ear, the inner yeah. ear crap. I think that that's you know what sent Lars into his. Whether or not what sent Terrence into his psychotic break, right? We don't know. We don't know. It could have been anything. It could have been nothing at all. He could. It could. But just- think about this. Both of them are far from home. Mm-hmm. They have both traveled on an airplane recently. They are both kind of in like this weird same age range. I mean, it's they're very similar so, cases. Lars was running for his life as fast as he could out of an airport and into the woods. And Terrence ran down a cliff into as the fast woods. as he could into the woods. Well, and say altitude sickness did not have anything to do with it, the same responses could have come from drugs, stress, whatever. Anything. So the last theory that's a normal-ish kind of theory is the that he's lost in the woods, which obviously... In order for that to happen, we have to explain it with one of the other theories. But an add-on is that he's... But this theory is more about, is he lost in the woods or did he get into a vehicle or something like that? Yep, yes. Was he taking off to live his a different life or to change something? I tend to think that he is just lost in the woods, if I had to guess. Oh, I, I don't think he's living some other life somewhere. Which, I mean, if he had a psychotic break, who knows how long he ran for in the woods. Who knows? Which could explain why that neighbor, that guy that lives in the house, hasn't seen vultures. Maybe mm-hmm. he got far away. He could have gotten really far away. Maybe yeah. he got far away and fell into a mine shaft or something. See, I said that on here. Boom! There are also a lot of ventilation shafts, which would be impossible to search. They're called adits. They're really deep. They're hard to see sometimes. You can fall into them yeah. and that's it. Okay, and then we have our supernatural theories. Magic Mag- rock. Maddie's favorite. So... The magic rock I added in there because we've talked about the, maybe, I don't know if we have on the podcast, but I know we have on Patreon, about Joshua Tree National Park and how Maddie's convinced there's like a tree or a rock or something that is compelling people to get lost and do crazy shit. Which it could be a possibility. And maybe low-key that's why every national park is a national park because there's some kind of magical crazy shit in it that the government knows and about that we don't know about. wouldn't you know it? We're in a national park. Mm. Okay. Which and would explain why people do weird shit and go missing in unexplained ways in national parks. I know. I'm going to try to keep Madison kind of on track for this, you guys. Then we have panic in the woods. And this is a phenomenon associated with the pagan god of Pan. And basically, victims experience an overwhelming feeling of paranoia or imminent danger, like someone is following or stalking you. And this turns into total silence in the woods that causes someone to start running for their lives. I have felt this panic in the woods, not in a really long time, but when I was like a kid and at my grandma's house and my grandma owns this huge yes. lot of land and I would go down into the I'm woods. I'm pretty sure we've felt this panic when we've been hiking before. Yeah, where I feel like everything goes quiet and I mm-hmm. feel like I need to leave immediately. And like when we got that one hike that we hiked out of mm-hmm. and a couple other times where I'm like, mom, you need to talk some sense into me right now because I'm panicked. Like... We we both kind of tend to get anxiety sometimes when we're out in the middle of the woods, especially for days at a time, where we do have to, like, take turns talking each other off of this edge of, like, I just need to, like, run because like, something is Like, I feel like wrong. something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not okay. I keep getting really intrusive thoughts. Like, get— so, so I can kind of understand this, right? 
No, it makes sense. But like when I was a kid in the woods and like I feel like everything would go quiet and then I had to run for mm-hmm. my fucking life up to my grandma's house as fast as I physically could. And I know I have done that as a child. I don't know about the rest of you, but I feel like that's a real thing. Because I felt like everything would go quiet and then I felt like someone was coming to kill me. I was yeah. going to die if I didn't run. Okay. The next supernatural theory is Wendigo. And unlike other terrifying carnivores, the Wendigo doesn't rely on pursuing their prey in order to capture and eat them, but rather it has this creepy trait and ability to mimic human voices and is able to lure people into the woods or wherever in order to eat them by sounding like one of their loved ones or somebody calling for help. Yep. So say he's on the cliff and he hears his mother or somebody calling for help calling for help from the woods would that be enough to cause him to drop his things remember he has a taser and run into the woods i don't know but i would say one. yes um call of the void so this is an interesting one and i think <gasps> so i just adjusted my blanket and knocked the entire system that we are using for recording onto the ground and it unplugged everything. We both had a heart attack. It's fine. Okay. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. There have been times where like on our Patreon, something will happen and I like run, jump up and run from the room, like super dramatic and super loud because I forget about like the school bus or something. And then I think I'm going to miss it. And Phoenix isn't going to be able to get off the bus and it's going to be super traumatic for her. And so I'll just, like, jump up and run out, and then we never explain what happened to our listeners, and I'm like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Call of the Void. I think that Maddie's going to like this one. So the Call of the Void is based on Freud's theory that some people have a death wish, which isn't to say that they are suicidal, but some call this the Call of the Void. So there was a study done in the Journal of Disorders, and it was called An Urge to Jump Affirms to Urge to Live. Basically, they surveyed 431 college students about their urge to jump from high places and rather or not they had had thoughts of suicide in the past, right? They measured their levels of depression and their sensitivity to anxiety, all of those things. About a third of the group said that they had felt the urge to jump from a high place. As have I. As have I. So we would be part of that one-third group. (laughs) Students who had considered suicide were more likely to say yes, but more than 50% of the people who said that they had experienced that urge had never considered killing themselves. So it's not just people with anxiety or the need or the thought to kill themselves, but just normal-ass people having the urge to jump. Me and Maddie call this intrusive thoughts, and we link it to a bunch of other things like driving jerking the wheel like into a medium or things like that (laughs) the railing so apparently me and maddie have these kind of thoughts all the time and again i guess that's not normal no the team arrived to the following admittedly somewhat speculative scenario imagine a person with high anxiety sensitivity leans over the edge of the grand canyon in super fast reaction to her physical sensation of anxiety her survival instinct forces her away from the edge. Yet when she looks at the ledge, she sees it's sturdy. There was never any danger, but her brain tries to process an answer to the question. 
Why did I back up if it was safe? The logical answer is that she must have been tempted to jump. So basically, they concluded, and I don't know that I agree with this, but they concluded that that urge, it's your body tricking you that you thought you were going to jump in order to self-preserve and step away from a dangerous edge is basically what I read from that. That's what they're saying. It's not actually an urge to jump, but rather an urge to live and just how your brain translates that. But I don't know about that because, I mean, we've had all sorts of thoughts about doing things where we weren't in danger. Yeah. So I don't know. So basically, this theory suggests that maybe the call to the void got him. Yep. And he just like did it. Jumped off this cliff and ran down. Okay. So those are the main theories in this case. And we're going to talk about another thing that happened on the same day. My theory, psychotic break. Maybe magical rock caused the psychotic break. Maybe the call to the void got him. Maybe drugs. I see drugs as a little bit less likely. I don't know. I mean... I would like to know if he was known to ever do drugs because he was acting very strange that day. Something was obviously wrong. I find it less likely that he was scared of something real. I mean, it it sounds like he might have been scared, but I feel like it might have been something he created in his mind. Yeah. Psychotic break. Crazy. And he never implied to anyone else that he was scared of anything. Mm. Just that he was coming home. I don't know. So, on the same day that Terrence went missing, 50 miles north of Terrence's last known location, and four hours after he went missing, Connie Johnson, who is 76, and her dog Ace vanished from a hunting camp in the Fog Mountain area of Idaho County. Connie's dog Ace showed up 11 days later at a ranger station, a little skinny but unharmed harmed and Connie has never been seen since. And I will say that Connie was a, and we're actually going to do a little mini on Connie's case on our Patreon. It's crazy though. Her case is crazy. She is an ex-ranger. She is very experienced in the woods. She left her gun and her jacket laying on a table. Like it's crazy. It's really, really strange. Oh, this is why you shouldn't go out in the woods by yourself. There's, I don't care there's if like you have a, a Garmin. I don't care. There is a, there's a gargled radio transmission that people receive from her, but they can't understand what she's saying. It's a weird case, but this happens on the same day that Terrence goes missing. And like I said, we're going to go more into depth on that on our Patreon, but it is crazy. And then on Sunday, October 7, at 5.30 p.m., Another man is reported missing. And this is Jose Mendez Morales from Tacoma, Washington. And he went missing in the Elk City area. So that's kind of weird. And the October 7 is just when he was reported missing. He's actually thought to have gone missing. Days earlier. Maybe even the same day that Terrence went missing. Maybe the call to the void is really strong that day. Well, and not only that, but... We'll talk, and we'll talk about this with the um, Connie Johnson case, but she's on Fog Mountain, so maybe it's the fog. Dun, 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 dun. And then also on May 21, earlier that same year, in the same area, 
six hunters went off the road in their SUV and landed in the river upside down. Two were able to climb from the car and made it to opposite sides of the shore. And the one on the roadside walked back to camp with no shoes on, by the way, in order to get help. The four men who didn't make it to shore, two of them were found. One was found 43 miles downstream and the other one was found six miles downstream. And the other two are still missing and have never been found. Bro, there's a big fat ass magical rock in this woods. God damn, what? And then on April 15 of that year, Shanta Panky, her and her boyfriend were at a campground when she got into a fight with her boyfriend. She walked off and was never seen again. Her body was found on May 5, 2019, a year later in the river. But don't worry, guys. Law enforcement does not believe that any of these cases are connected. Paranormal. I'm on the paranormal boat. I don't think it was a psychotic break anymore. I think that there's something in that woods that is calling to people. Because maybe the one girl wandered off from a fight with her boyfriend. Maybe she got lost and slipped into the river and died. Maybe. Or maybe she heard someone calling for her. And jumped into the river herself. Maddie's going with the magic rock theory. I'm gonna Magic stick- rock or the one thing that calls for you. The Wendigo. I'm going to stick with the terrain is really, really difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy. Stick with the logical yeah, yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you guys want more information on the Terrence Woods case, his parents were on Dr. Phil. There's a lot of interviews out there. That There's you can watch. a lot of interviews. His parents have done a ton of interviews. You can definitely find more information out there about him. I think that um, ooh, uh, Locations Unknown did a episode on him. Terrence. Yep. And then uh, I saw one other one out there. I don't know. But there's a ton of information. You can definitely find more if you want to find yeah. more. And so we're definitely going to do a mini on um, Connie Johnson. But maybe if you want to hear a little bit more about any of the other ones that we mentioned, the missing people in this one, mm-hmm. if any of them sound interesting to you, maybe we'll do a little digging into those. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, let us know what you guys think about Terrence Woods. I do think that it is such a weird story. And as soon as I started reading it, I was like feeling the Lars Mintuck vibe. Yeah. Oh, on yeah. It. I'm getting the 100%. 100%. If you haven't listened to that one, it was one of our, it was an episode we did a while back and mm-hmm. we posted the airport video of him bolting. From the airport. Yeah, so you can just go look at that on our um, Instagram. Instagram. It is posted on there. It's from a while back, so you'll have to do a little bit of scrolling. But if you go look at that and how he's running out of the airport. It's exactly how I imagine him running into Terrence the woods. running into the Because woods. people were saying that he just started, he just bolted. He just ran. Yep. And Terrence left behind his bag and his radio. And Lars, Lars left his passport and his luggage when he took off mm-hmm. running. So it's a very interesting dynamic, yeah. and it sounds like both of them were kind of having similar. They sent weird messages. Like, yeah. If you just go watch that video, I think that if you need a visual for what Terrence looked like running down the, you might be able to hill. get it there. Because that's exactly where my brain goes thinking about this case is immediately 100%. to Lars. Yeah. So let us know what you guys think. Almost everything that I read and saw out there leaned a lot more on the possible foul play theory, which 
I kind of went into expecting. And then as I did more and more research, I was like, I don't know about that. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying. It might be know. possible. But I'm that was also the kind of thing that happened when we did the uh, the one guy that went to South America, the... The one where the dad went oh, to find him. Yeah. What was his name? Um, that was, was it Cody Roman Dial? Roman. Yeah. Cody Roman Dial. Yeah. That was, I'm the one that found that case actually for us to research. And I saw that it was like all this stuff. And I was like, mom, you have to research this drug cartel. And as soon as murder. I started researching it, I was like, nope. That's not what happened. And even the dad in that case is like, I don't think that's what happened at all. I'm upset that this documentary took this. Well, and we ended up we ended up finding out later on that that's not what happened because they did end up finding Finding his body. But like you know, things are very much twisted very easily into the wrong direction. We know that. Make your own decision on what you think happened in this case. I do think the sheriff's department. Okay, I, I watched all the interviews with the sheriff as well and he just seems very like you know like stupid people, kid ran into the woods yeah like people get lost in the woods like he seems very like not nonchalant about it but very much like this is a normal thing that they kind of see and he didn't seem like he didn't seem like he was corrupt he didn't seem like he had some skewed like ulterior motive for not solving this case but yeah that was the case of Terrence Woods so let us know what you think. We're very curious because we obviously have slightly different opinions, but we usually do. If you are interested in hearing about Connie Johnson or our bunker talk on this case, because we are going to be getting into that as well. And before we go, we also have some new Patreons. We hit 60 Patreons, which is a really big deal for us. We can't believe how much support we've gotten from you guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. So we have Jamie Harmon. Thank you, Jamie, and welcome to Patreon. We also have Dottie Rutledge. Hi, Dottie. Thanks for joining our Patreon. We got Kelly Smith. Hi, Kelly. Jody Carroll. Hi, Jody. Thank you for joining Patreon. We have Misty LaFollette. Follette. Hi, Misty. Hopefully, I'm sure I butchered your name. I'm sorry. I apologize. And then we have Becky Morrison. Hi, Becky. Thank you, all of you guys, for joining our Patreon. We're so excited to have you. You will all be getting buttons in the mail. But yeah, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate you guys. Come check out our Patreon if you haven't already. It's amazing. We have a new Hiking with Hannah coming up. We have... Lots of fun stuff on there. So, yeah, go and check it out. And we will see you guys next week. Yep. All right. Bye. I have a description right now. I don't know if we want to do a description. Put it in and then if you decide to cut it out. Better okay. say it than not say it and then regret not saying it and then pull me down here when you're editing to make me sit in here while you record it. Would you like to do the editing? No, we've talked about this before. <laughs> I would leave in so much shit and you would disapprove completely. Well, I mostly edit out your noises. It's okay, guys. My mom does a lot of the podcast stuff, most of it, pretty much everything. But I bought...
I bought her pretty things. Got her a jacket. Oh, yeah. Maddie got me a new rain jacket. So we went hiking. You probably saw it on our Instagram if you are on Instagram or follow us on social media. Which at you all. should at Lost in the Woods podcast. Okay. So, yeah, we went hiking um, in the rain. We had to make our way to the third tunnel, which we were unable to do when we did our hiking with Hannah, which you will be hearing shortly if you're on our Patreon. It's the last hike that we did with my sister. Hannah absolutely refused to go across the retention bridge, which was not that sketchy. She She will try to convince you otherwise, but... It's not that sketchy. My favorite part about the retention bridge is that the retention bridge doesn't scare me at all. Like, it doesn't even get my blood, like, pumping or anything because I'm not afraid of heights. It's not one of my things I'm afraid and of. And I am actually a little afraid of heights. So, for me, it does, like, get my adrenaline up just a tiny, tiny bit. But it's literally you fall, you die. There's no living. Yeah, you fall, you're going to fall, break something, do well, something on one or- end. If you fall off on the rocky side, you're going to, like, really injure yourself and then help's probably not going to be able to get to you until— Well, especially because we're on a trail that you're not supposed to be on. And then the other side, you fall into the river and you 100% get swept down and— Nobody's surviving yeah. that, yeah. Nope. So, I mean, it was fine. We didn't die. It was fine. But— We got soaking wet. And we both had rain jackets on, but we both had rain jackets that weren't intense rain jackets. They were, like, lightweight, what we would carry on, like, a multi-day backpacking trip. They weren't, well, storm rain jackets. What did you wear on Wonderland? On Wonderland, I just got wet. I didn't have—I had a very lightweight rain jacket. Yeah, so basically our rain jackets that we've had, and we are very experienced hikers, and we do a lot of hiking, but for some reason, we also live in the Pacific Northwest and don't have really good rain jackets. Well, because for a day hike, you normally—it's not a big deal if we get wet. We're just like, whatever. But we were kind of cold, and we got back to the trailhead, and Madison was like, let's go buy rain jackets. And I was like— Okay. Because I've been using that yellow thing that's not really rain jacket. It's really not. Either way, we both got soaking wet, and then we went to REI in our hiking clothes, soaking wet. Muddy. Muddy. And then we got home, and we're packing up to go for a hike, and guess what's on my rain jacket? She's very upset about this. The goddamn security magnet thing. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's because you've got a Patagonia jacket. Of course, it has a security. But are you kidding me? And we do not live next to an an REI. It is a drive for us. Like, we had to stop and get coffee in order to survive the drive to REI. This is not something I can just, like, run down there and get it taken off. So, I am wearing it this weekend on a sunrise hike that we're going to do. I plan on wearing it with the security tag. Yeah, mine it's doesn't fine. have a security tag. Mine is green. <laughs> also, you guys, I have a new hiking hat. I've been looking for like a safari oh type God, hat for years. For like She's a good solid it. year, I've been on looking for one. But everyone <laughs> I pick up that I think is cute, my, my mom is like, no, that is ugly. You will not be getting that. But she caught me off guard because... I was hungry, and I was tired, and I was cold, and she picked—or I actually picked she, it up. I wouldn't have even saw it because it was on a tall mannequin, and I literally strictly look at everything at my own eye level. Yeah, so I pick it up, and I'm like, hey, Maddie, look at this hat. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get it. And I was like, yeah, sure. It's cute. Okay. So I got a fucking hat. I'm so pumped <laughs> about it. I'm so excited to wear it on She hikes. looks like a ranger. I love it. 
It's fine. Get ready for that on our Instagram. It's so coming. you should go follow it so you can see my sick ass hat. Oh yeah, we're gonna. Post did I spend forty dollars on a hat? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. There are a couple. Me and Maddie do not, or Maddie and I do not spend money on things. We are no, savers. Yeah, our hiking gear has been accumulated through gift cards and different things that my mom has gotten for birthdays and different things that we've gotten. Every then, year, every year in my Christmas stocking is an REI gift card that gets spent to buy some sort of gear. But this and then was all an my, exception. Yes. And then all my gear comes from my mom. My I'm gear. getting new gear and then I get her old gear. So that's basically, and we've accumulated gear over years. Yeah. It's taken me, I would say, about six or seven I, years I would, to collect yeah. the gear that I, like, I have the gear that I want right now, except for for my mountaineering trip. Yeah. What else my do summit. you want for, because I, well, I know you want the boots, but. I need, I need boots. I could use crampons and a helmet, but, you know, what el- I don't yeah. know. Well, what do you- my question is, what am I going to get you for your birthday? Oh, my birthday's coming up. I'm going to be older. I'm like trying to figure it out and everyone's suggestions, get her something for hiking. I'm like, what the am I going to get my mom for hiking? She has everything she wants. Everything she doesn't have, it's because it's super expensive and that's... Yeah, scary. Yeah. Scary. Yep. So, I don't know. We'll have to figure... I'll have to figure something out. Shed keeps asking me too. My birthday's in like a couple days and everybody's like, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm like, I don't know. And everybody's like, you know, we're just not going to get you anything. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, I don't know. That's what happens to me on my birthday. That's why I get like no birthday gifts is because I'm like, I don't know what I want. Like just... Mm. But, but I'll figure it out. Maybe I will go spend like three hundred dollars and get you those boots. I don't know. <laughs> they're they're way too expensive, dude. So I'm getting ready for a summit hike, and I've done summit hikes before, but I actually need a little bit more technical gear for this one. Well, and I could have used honestly, I could have used crampons for my last summit hike that I did because it was the winter route, and I did encounter a shit ton of snow, but. I was able to do it without them. But you won't be able to do this. I No, this one this I is a ice sheep. Yeah, and this will be like ice. two days too. So, yeah. 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 You we'll can do it in it 12 out. hours. Yeah, I can do it in 12 hours. I did the other one in one day. Anyway, I'll move this to the end so that you guys don't have to listen yeah, to it. Uh, but no, we were on a different topic. Oh, yeah, our gear over years. Yes. Years. Not big on spending large amounts of money. So... Maddie buying a $40 hat is actually a really big deal. But I will say again, we hadn't eaten. We were cold and we were tired and we were wet. And we had all the kids waiting at home for us. We weren't even supposed to be going to REI. (laughs) I'm like, hey, I'm going to run. We're going to run a quick errand, but we'll bring you a Dr. Pepper. And she's like, okay. And then like two hours later, she's like, are you at the mall? (laughs) It's like. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying to me. But no, I bought an $80 jacket, nice rain jacket. Yeah, Maddie's, so mine is Gore-Tex, Maddie's isn't, but she probably doesn't need anything more than what she but got. It's, like, I, it's not Gore-Tex, but it is like... It's like the REI version of Gore-Tex kind of, so it's like their own brand of it, so it's probably just as yeah, good. Yeah, because they have like, you know, Gore-Tex... They had the Gore-Tex version of the jacket, but then they had a cuter green one, which green is my color, and that's exactly what I said I wanted as a rain jacket is I want a green one. And then um, I saw the green one, and it's like 
the because they have the comparisons on them, like say what it does, like how long will it last in the rain? How much can it withstand? And my like dragon can withstand rain and wind up to sixty miles per hour, and the chances of me going anywhere where the wind and rain is more <laughs> than sixty miles per hour is probably pretty slim. And if it does happen, then I will be able to deal with it. You unlike, can be wet for a little bit. Unlike yeah. my mother, who has rain rainoids, rainoids, yeah. And her body's going to cut off her fingers if she gets wet, so... Yeah, so I don't know if any of you know what that is, but it's it's like a blood vessel issue um, where my fingers... My extremities will turn white. Basically, her body goes into survival mode way too quickly <laughs> and very unnecessarily and decides that it's going to take all the blood away from her extremities. So basically, my fingers, my toes, even my ears and my nose will get really... White. Um, no, white. Like, white, yeah. white, like, transparent. <laughs> transparent. So I, as a serious backpacker, hiker, climber, whatever, I can't afford to be cold or wet for days. I have to stay dry and warm. So my jacket's 150 bucks. Maddie's jacket was 89 So that's that's how that happened. And Maddie even talked me into getting a gray jacket instead of a black one. Oh, my God. She wanted to get a black. I'm like, Mom. Everything else, you're literally wearing all black as we speak. I was. Get, it, my coat was wet, so it was in the car. Yeah. But so I was wearing all black. All black. Yeah. And everything else she owns is black. It's black or white. I was like, Mom, get the gray. I wanted her to get a different one. I wanted her to get a blue one. Yeah, but she talked me into getting the gray one. It's fine. You guys will see pictures of it. We'll take pictures. Okay. So we're about to be interrupted. Hold on. Three, two, one. Hi. Can I help you? Here, come here. When are we going to be done? Okay. We are on page one of our recording. We've been down here for about 25 minutes. And Phoenix... What is happening? Phoenix <laughs> just came in and asked us what? I asked, when are you going to be done? When are we going to be done? Does it feel like we've been down here for a long time? Yes. It does. What have you been doing with the entire 25 minutes that we've been down here? Just watching the movie. What movie are you watching? Frozen 2. Do you like Frozen 2? Yes. What's your favorite song in it? I don't know. You don't know? No, I don't. Can you sing one for us? I don't know what my favorite is. Can you sing any of the songs? Do I matter to sing one with you? I will not be singing on the podcast because <laughs> I know that you will put it in there and I do not want that. What's your favorite part in Frozen 2? Samantha? I don't even know Samantha. <laughs> I like the part where she cringes at herself singing Let It Go. Ooh, I like that part too. That's not part of Frozen 2. Yes, yes it, is. it is. Where she cringes at herself singing that song, yeah. When she's in the ice cave oh, yeah. afterwards and all the yeah. people are around yeah. her made out of snow. Yeah. Yeah. Right before yeah. she destroys yeah. Hans. Yes, yes, yes. I know that. Oh, or I really like the part where they're talking about the black box in the boat. And then um, Olaf says, well, why don't they just make the whole, the whole ship? <laughs> the whole ship waterproof. <laughs> I thought that, that was really funny. funny. Wait, I forgot why. Okay, are we going to go on a hike? Where, we're where are gonna, we going to go? Sunrise hike. Talking to the mic. Sunrise hike. So how does that work? We're hiking up. We're hiking up the mountain when it's dark and we're having more headlight. 
lamps, and then when we're up there, we're watching the sunrise, and then we're going to hike down in the morning when it's light. Oh, are we going to make hot chocolate while we're waiting for the sun to rise? Yeah. Yeah? Are you excited to hike in the dark? Well, we with your headlamp on? The headlamp. We we'll find, find you a headlamp. Are you excited to hike in the dark? Oh, yeah. I forgot to tell you this, but I found the other headlamp and it is unusable. What happened to the other headlamp? It went through the washer with How my hiking it... stuff. How? I have no idea. I found it in the dryer. Okay. The red light works on it still, <laughs> but the actual Which light doesn't work. Which the... headlamp? The pink one? The small one. Maybe it's pink. So it's the pink one is mine. Or, or when Phoenix and I were packing for our hike, we couldn't locate one of our headlamps. And, it was mine. And I guess we now know what happened to it. Maddie washed it. And, and now it's in the drive, and the light doesn't work, and I'm really, ah. So we're going to have to get you a new headlamp before our hike then. Yes. Well, when I took it out of the dryer after I washed it, it did work with the red light, but I guess... <laughs> now it's not working at all. You should have put it in some rice. All right, so we're going to need um, a new headlamp, I guess. Yes. I so. think it was in my jacket pocket from the last time we oh, used yeah. it or something, and I think I just washed it. That's when unpacking and stowing your gear becomes important. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you want to say, say bye to our listeners? Bye. All right. It's like my mom when she was trying to get me to say bye on the end of the podcast. All right. You can either sit down and be quiet and still, or you can go back upstairs. Your choice. Yeah. You know what also comes in handy in hotels is earplugs, which I didn't really think to do when I I just came back from Vegas. And our hotel room was right next to the elevator banks. And so all night long, our first night there, people were having like parties in the elevator area. Like... Drinking and screaming and shots and all sorts of stuff. And we think they were just riding the elevator up and down because Hannah had the same thing happen on her floor above us. <laughs> so all night long, we were getting woken up by these crazy parties in the elevator shaft. And we were like, we went and got earplugs for the next That's what I'm doing in Vegas. I'm going to have a party in the elevator. Are you kidding me? Dude, up and down the elevator. Well, then think about it. You're in Vegas. It's like... Midnight, 1 a.m., you're having a party in the elevator with your friends. Someone walks into the elevator at 1 a.m. in Vegas. Take a shot, take a shot. And you New get party that member, exactly. It's not the craziest thing. And then thing. you party with them until they get off the elevator, and then someone else gets on, and you just literally repeat that cycle. I, I like say, it. I like it. I say yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how Maddie got roofied in Vegas. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you <laughs> trying to jinx me? Okay. 